Hello there, and welcome to Let's Get Sexy, the podcast where I get to read an erotic story out loud, and you get to listen to it out loud, possibly. More likely with headphones, though. I can't imagine many people are broadcasting this on their Bluetooth speakers. Although maybe that's the sort of household you live in, and if you do, then more power to you. I think that takes a degree of confidence that I think most of us would admire. We are, of course, still reading Lesbian Slave Island, the 18-chapter epic by author Fit and Trim. It's a story that I found on literotica.com, and you can find it there too by searching for the author Fit and Trim. Uh, I say it like that because instead of an and, they've put an N, like the letter N. So it's a kind of an abbreviation type deal, if you will. We've got all the way to chapter 15 at this late stage in the series. We've only got a few chapters left, so we're coming to the end of all of the Lesbian Slave Island that is currently written. Although I don't think that chapter 18, which is the last one that is published on Literotica, is technically the end of the series. I actually think it's, it's just as far as the author has got. I'll also mention very quickly that there's going to be an official publication of Lesbian Slave Island, possibly as a paperback, possibly as a hardback, who knows. I think maybe most likely, though, as an ebook for Kindles and the like. The subtitle of chapter 15 is Helen and I Have Private Time, and this chapter was written a mere 11 days after the previous one. So you can see just what a productive period 2020 was for Fit and Trim, cracking out chapters every couple of weeks. Looking very quickly at the stats, I can see that it's quite a short chapter. It's going to be a short and sweet one. 4.33 stars is its rating. It's had 13.1 thousand views and 13 likes. So it's had more likes than the previous one, but a lower star rating and far fewer readers. Unfortunately, though, there are no comments. We're just going to have to make our own minds up about it without any input from outsiders, which is a little bit of a shame because it's nice to have some alternative viewpoints on what's happened in the story, some external ideas to play off of. But nevertheless, let's get into a little recap of what happened last time. Chapter 14 was, in my opinion, a bit of a non-chapter. It didn't really establish much new ground. I think you could sum it up quite neatly by saying it was a continuation of the previous chapter, where the three newcomers are getting to grips with the situation and learning the do's and don'ts. The chapter ended with Sasa staying behind with the three newcomers to go over the contract officially, and to go also through the slave owner's manual, a little bit of admin for them. Meanwhile, Helen and Lisa, who are a romantic couple, let's not forget, have gone to have some alone time. And that's where we left off. So without any further ado, let's break into chapter 15 of Lesbian Slave Island. When alone with Helen, I felt calm and protected, even though I was nude, bound tightly, body harnessed and face harnessed, with a large nose ring to humiliate me even further. 
Helen told me she needed to check in with me about how I felt about the newcomers, how I felt about being a sex slave 24-7 for real, and to answer any of my questions. She added that with five owners and mistresses, I'd have a lot of serving to do, that I would probably be enjoyed all hours of day and night, as the five took turns. My eyes lit up at that, and I had to say I was okay with that, more than okay. Helen told me to let her know if it gets overwhelming. I nodded. Yes, my owner, I will. I'm determined to see it through, though, and though I'm nervous, the idea of being so continuously played with makes me so hot. I think I'll love it. Helen shook her head in amazement. I couldn't do that. Not for so long at once, anyway. But I'm glad I can provide this for you, she said. We kissed lovingly. Helen smiled. It seems as if you need at least five owners and mistresses to keep you busy and erotically humiliated enough. Sasser and I couldn't keep you whipped, bound and humiliated enough on our own. We both laughed. You're probably right, Helen. I mean, my owner. Helen arched her eyebrow. I should punish you for that, she said. I looked into her eyes. As you deem fit, my owner, I said. Helen looked at me, studying my face. You know, I don't want you to assume that just because I'm looking out for your well-being and am your girlfriend, that I'm going to be always soft on you. I was surprised at this statement and wasn't sure what to say. Helen stepped over to the biggest box of gear. Uh-oh, I said out loud. As she rummaged through the box, she said, And I don't want you to think I only inflict pain and bondage out of kindness or as a show to Sasser and the others. Yes, my owner, I said. Helen glanced over her shoulder at me. You're not the only one being trained. As you wrote in that manual, the owners also learn. I have changed. Helen turned to me, holding a nasty-looking whip. I now enjoy whipping you. Yes, it's erotic to me. I love bringing out your strong emotions and seeing your muscles strain. I love the expressions on your face. I love knowing that even though you're in pain and humiliation, another part of you needs and loves it. Yes, my owner, your slave property understands. Your slave is happy to please you. Your property craves your attention. Helen stepped to me and caressed my hair softly. Are you also afraid, slave? she asked. Yes, I whispered. That's normal, she said. Helen held the coiled whip to my lips to kiss. And you should be nervous, she said. She whipped me from behind. My arms received the first lashes because they were tightly bound behind me. Helen asked me, You will do your utmost to arouse, entertain and obey and please my sister to keep her from boys, right? I earnestly answered, Yes, my absolute best for Sasser. I will, my owner. Helen whipped my bare derriere very hard many times as she intensely repeated, Yes, you will, slave. I intended to stay quiet, but Helen surprised me with the intensity and speed of the whips. I found myself yelping, then shouting, Ow! 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 And eventually reflexively writhing to avoid full-on landings of the sharp whip. Helen stopped, but not out of mercy, but to tell me that I should not have moved. She untied my arms, quite a relief, for they had been extremely tightly tied, but then she had me raise my arms forward and up, and turn and lean into the wall, my bare back to her. She then ordered me to stick my derriere out. I whimpered a little, because my gluteae already burned, but of course I obeyed, 
making sure I bent and stuck my rear end out so she couldn't impugn my slavish and eager obedience. To my surprise, Helen only whipped me five more times, but these were hard. I squirmed, trembled and whimpered, but only for the last lash did I yelp. Helen then ordered me to turn around. I expected a frontal whipping, and bravely arched my body and pushed my arms back against the wall to present my chest. She smiled and said, Hold that position. Mmm, beautiful. Helen then procured her camera and took a few photos. I even smiled for one of them, enjoying being admired, even though this was rather mortifying, as I was boldly presenting my nudity for possibly never-to-be-deleted pictures. Helen ordered me to maintain the position, as she'd left to get something. She returned with a small packet and approached me. Slave, when we first met, and even when I knew you were into this stuff, I never would have believed anyone, even you, if you told me I would come to love owning and ordering you around and doing harsh things to you, she said. She then beamed as she continued. But I do. I really, really do now. You've turned me into a weirdo. Helen laughed to make light of the word weirdo, because to us it was now unspoken that it wasn't weird, only sensual. Yes, I do love making you uncomfortable. She looked at me meaningfully. She appeared only slightly remorseful, but I returned her loving gaze anyway. I couldn't help but smile. Mistress, this is wonderful and hot. As I hoped, absolute power is corrupting you absolutely. We kissed for a long time. I held position as she caressed my head and hugged me. Helen stopped kissing. I have created a tag that reads, Owned by Helen. She held up something hidden in her closed hand. I will attach it to different things, but for now, to this nipple clip. When Helen opened her hand horizontally, I saw a beautiful nipple clip, a gold and heart-shaped piece of jewellery with a claw clasp that would bite and hang onto my nipple. The attached white tag was small, with tiny handwriting. I melted, as if I had been offered an engagement ring. We went to the master bedroom and sat on chairs in front of the mirror. I saw my fit, tanned, and naked self. I smiled slightly, admiring myself. Helen noticed and said, It's fine to like the way you look. I do too. She kissed me tenderly. Helen then placed the nipple clip. Oh my, I'm such a slave, I said. You look so hot, smiled Helen. Helen added that Sasa will make her own tag, because she is an owner too. I nodded, loins tingling. Helen explained more. The other three will have to earn their ownership and compete for ownership rank. Of course, I'm number one, Sasa too, but who will be three and who will have to wait her turn and be last in control of you? I'll only let any of them earn ownership if and when they've proven responsible and dedicated. I complimented her plan and we kissed again, Helen caressing my bare breasts and toying with the nipple clip. We moved to the living room where she sat on the sofa and I on the floor at her feet. Helen told me that she had read about orgasm denial. Some BDSM enthusiasts focused on chastity devices, not allowing the sub to orgasm for a very long time. She asked me how I felt about that. I agreed. It's important to keep me extremely aroused, and there's something about being controlled also through orgasm denial that is incredibly exciting. But I hoped she wouldn't cover anything with a chastity device. I would obey not to orgasm, 
and bondage helped prevent masturbation. Helen agreed, smiling, sharing in my excitement. Helen was deeply curious. Won't it be very difficult? Are you really okay with not being allowed to orgasm for days, maybe a week or even two weeks, even though you'll be constantly stimulated either by your situation and being purposely repeatedly brought to the edge but not over? she asked. I paused. Yes, it'll be hard, but I meant what I said. The arousal is scrumptious and keeps me from anxiety. Hmm, yes, it'll be very hard, but even the idea is making me wet, and it makes me want to always be naked. Always. I thought about it more. At this moment, I cannot imagine wearing clothes, or even not being your slave, your actual property. I need to be your property. I might change my mind some day, but right now, it's all I want. It's bliss. Okay, cutie, Helen smiled, and paused to touch and stroke my breasts. Helen explained she's known the three women for years, and they had told Gabriella first. Because Gabriella works for us, Sasser and I realised we had to let her know if we were really to live out our fantasy, she explained. I nodded as Helen continued playing with my breasts as she spoke. Gabriella is very excited, and her daughter Gloria is already into BDSM, but has never experienced any other sex than solo masturbation. I wondered whether Gloria was reluctant, I asked. Helen laughed. Oh no, she's one to watch out for. Those silent types can be the most enthusiastic. Wow, I'm surprised. I looked up at Helen. And Stefania, what an uninhabited natural cutie, Helen said. I nodded. Thank you for making my wildest dreams come true. Helen caressed my hair and looked me over. I love, love, love the lean look on you. You're already fit and lean, but I'd like you even more so. I smiled, loving that she was so hot for me and wanted to shape my body. I smiled as I told my owner, Yes, I love that too, and this is now your body to play with, and I am yours. You'll make sure I'm extremely fit and lean for your arousal, I beamed. My owner? I hastened to add. Helen looked into my eyes. We talked about this before, but yes, you'll never have a better fitness trainer, she said. Oh yes, mistress, I replied. To be continued. Hey, well, there we go. That was the alone time between Helen and Lisa. I wouldn't say it was exactly PG. There was a, a lot of kissing in there, which is somewhat racy. There was some breast caressing, a bit of booby grabbing, um, some nipple play, which sounded fun. Uh, a lot of talk about orgasm denial, as if that was a new thing that Lisa was signing up for, as if she hadn't already been denied orgasm the whole time that we've been reading this story. We haven't once read about her having an orgasm, so I don't know why Helen thought that was a necessary thing to discuss explicitly in that way, as if it was some new milestone. I thought it was very cute the way that Helen had brought her an ownership tag and a nice pretty bit of jewellery to secure it onto the nipple. Lisa really appreciated that. I'm not sure if that's good advice, though, to take away into your own lives. If you're thinking about buying a gift 
for somebody special in your life, I wouldn't necessarily go with a golden heart-shaped nipple clamp, not unless they've dropped some serious hints. I thought it was interesting that Lisa almost viewed that a bit like an engagement ring, like with that level of meaning to it. I don't think Helen was proposing at that moment. I think that's actually more about her putting a stamp of ownership on Lisa, marking her territory as top dom. I thought it was funny as well that the other three, the newcomers, are going to have to compete for their rank in ownership. I wonder what they'll have to do to prove to Helen and Sasa that they're worthy. Is it going to be some kind of sexy Olympics in the next chapter? In a way, this short chapter was what I predicted at the end of last episode, that it wouldn't be a sexy bedroom experience between the two of them making love to one another. I kind of knew it would be just a rehashing of their earlier conversation, because that's what this story has been the whole way through. It's much less about sexual activity than it is about the bargaining and laying down of ideas and consenting to the imbalances in the relationship and the contract of slavery and all the ins and outs of how things will work. The admin of the situation, it almost deliberately avoids the fun parts of being in a sexual relationship to focus on the ironing out of all the difficulties that might happen, all the anxieties that you might have, and settling those nerves around what might go wrong or what people might think. I think it's it's interesting that every time anyone mentions any kind of weirdness, even though that's a term that they've reclaimed in a way as it doesn't mean weird in a bad way, it means sensual to us. It's become a synonym for sensuality. But every time they mention that, they have to add that little disclaimer that it doesn't mean weird in a bad way. And I think that really speaks to some insecurity within the relationship for Lisa. I think when you're secure with your partner and the situation you're in, and you've established something like, when I call you a weirdo, it's in jest, or it's a reclaimed term that has a different meaning between us that's been established, you don't need to keep qualifying what that means to each other. You can just say it without it being explained. Interesting that Helen sort of confirms that Gloria is really into BDSM, but doesn't have much experience. And maybe that's the reason that her mother is getting involved here. But it's interesting also that she says that Gloria's only experience is through solo masturbation. So does that mean Gabriella has caught Gloria masturbating? Or maybe she's heard her masturbating and maybe gone and snooped through her browser history to find out what she was masturbating over, and that's what's tipped her off, that her daughter wants to get involved in a sex-slave orgy situation. I think it's interesting how much focus there is on Lisa's body and the need for her to look a certain way. That seems to conflict in a way with, I guess, what I was picking up as quite a feminist theme running through this story that there's almost like a female empowerment that values the way that women are and the way that they behave as 
better than the behavior of men and the way that they are. But I think actually uh, Lisa loves that Helen wants to shape her body. And I feel like that is a little bit of an odd thing to say, really. Because the feminism I'm used to is all about being kind to yourself and loving the skin you're in and respecting that there are different standards of beauty and different kinds of beauty and that everybody is beautiful in their own way and you know she says oh I'm you know you're already fit and lean but I'd like you to be even more fit and lean that just seems odd to me as something that Lisa would be keen to hear in a way I feel like if we were hearing that same sentiment from a male character in a heterosexual story I think that that would feel a little bit uncomfortable. You know, the idea that for Helen, her level of attraction towards Lisa is really dependent on her maintaining a certain body type, considering how this story has developed a kind of feminist theme throughout. That seems to subvert that in some ways. Then again, maybe that's a common thing in lesbian communities. I'm not part of the lesbian community Maybe there is an element of body shaming, perhaps, that is an accepted part of that space, and it's being represented here accurately. But for a story that really, the sense I get from this story is that it takes a lot of care not to offend people, or to call anyone out, or to shame anybody's fetish or weirdnesses. Even the term weirdo, if you're going to call it an insult, then I think it's quite a lightweight insult. Most people, if you were called a weirdo, you would take that with a pinch of salt. And I think you would probably assume it was said with a tongue-in-cheek. Um, but even terms like weirdo in this story are caveated with, oh, but we don't mean to shame anyone. It's, it's, we mean it in a nice way, like so as not to offend anyone. And it's interesting that that goes out the window when it comes to body shapes and body types, where there's a clear right and wrong body type to have. I'm not going to say that I was disappointed that there wasn't any sex in that chapter, because I don't think I was ever expecting there to be any. Not at this point. I think we've got to accept this is not the kind of erotic story that has a lot of sex in it, and that's fine. This is a different kind of story. We did get some whipping, though, which we know Lisa likes, or at least is part of her fantasy. I don't know whether you could say she really likes it, it's a confusing feeling for Lisa. It's erotic to her, but it's also painful. She fears it, but she also needs it in some way. I really enjoy the use of the word derriere. <laughs> it seems like an odd choice of vocabulary, but I really appreciate it. I think there was another moment in there where Lisa mentioned her glutei. I'm not sure <laughs> what a glutei necessarily is, but it conjures up images of thighs, maybe? Like the back of the thighs? Is that a glutei? Let me just do a quick Google on that. Oh yes, glutei. Noun. Any of the three muscles in each buttock which move the thigh, the largest of which is the gluteus maximus. So she's talking about her derriere again. <laughs> that makes me wonder, actually, if... Lisa has a background in fitness training. Maybe that's why fitness and maintaining a slim physique is such an important part of Lisa's character. Maybe that's why. 
But there we go. That was chapter 15, a brief interlude to indulge in a little bit more conversation about whether or not everybody is really on board with the slave relationship, even though that's something that's been discussed in a lot of detail on many occasions. And it seems as if the conclusions reached are the same as have been reached previously. There's been no changes. Nobody's backing out. In fact, everybody is even more into it than they were previously, which is a good sign, I guess. There's no comments this time, so can't read any of those out. So I guess all that's left to do is to remind you that if you enjoyed this story, you can find it for yourself on literotica.com. You can search for Fit and Trim and find all the chapters of Lesbian Slave Island there to read at your leisure. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please subscribe to it, give it a rating, give it a like, and if I don't know if you can give podcasts a comment, uh, but if you can, then feel free to do that. And hopefully we'll see you next time for chapter 16 of Lesbian Slave Island. But until then, I wish you a very pleasant week and a heartfelt goodbye. She then ordered me to stick my derriere out. I whimpered a little because my gluteae already burned.